Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Psychope Self-Help Podcast, a space for women where psychology illuminates paths to healing hope and personal growth. I'm Dr. Jennifer McManus, a clinical psychologist, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll explore a different way to use psychology to enhance emotional wellness. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for pressing play on episode 23. For the last couple of episodes, we've been exploring the psychology of compassion with a special focus on self-compassion as a self-help approach. One of the ways we can do that, be more compassionate towards ourselves, is to speak to ourselves in ways that are more caring and kinder than is often the case. You're not alone if you've noticed your thoughts about yourself tend to be overly harsh or critical. So, as promised, on today's episode, we're going to explore thought work informed by cognitive behavioral therapy as a self-help approach. Working with the impact of our thoughts on our feelings and behaviors is at the core of cognitive behavioral therapy. It's often abbreviated to CBT. This mode of psychotherapy was established in the 1960s by Dr. Aaron Beck. Since that time, CBT has been thoroughly researched and is considered an effective treatment for a variety of mental health concerns, including stress, anxiety, and depression, to name only but a few of the many areas that have been studied. We'll be focusing exclusively on how CBT can inform self-help approaches. For anyone who may be interested in doing a true deep dive into the theory and research behind CBT, I'll provide a resource link for you in the show notes. I've also shared a couple of infographics to accompany this episode on the PsychHope Instagram and Facebook pages. On Instagram, it's psych underscore hope, and on Facebook, it's PsychHope with no space. Both social media accounts will be listed in the show notes too. If you're listening to the show at a later time and want to check out these infographics, be sure to scroll back to the posts on February 19th, 2023. And hey, while you're over there in Facebook and Instagram land, please be sure to follow PsychHope for educational and inspirational posts shared on both platforms. So let's start by breaking down the name, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Cognitive refers to ways of knowing and awareness, such as perceiving, reasoning, and judging. Behavioral, in this case, refers to actions performed by a human that may or may not be observable by others. Certain actions are obviously observable, like walking down the hall. Other behaviors, though, like using our imaginations, are considered a private action that others cannot observe. CBT holds that our cognitions, those thoughts running through our minds, many of which are automatic thoughts, are what determines how we feel and behave. CBT therapists consider that difficulties like stress or anxiety occur as a result of faulty thinking. CBT involves a lot of psychoeducation. That is, therapy is treated as a learning process. The main emphasis is on learning new ways of thinking to change how we feel and what we do. In other words, our internal dialogue plays a major role in how we feel and act. Our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are constantly interacting with each other. 
This connection between our thoughts to how we feel and what we do is represented in one of the infographics I just mentioned. A CBT uses a four-part cognitive model. The first part is the situation. It's something we experience, basically anything that can happen to a person. We then have a thought in which we interpret that situation. A feeling or multiple feelings at once result from that thought. We then behave in response to our thoughts and feelings. You can also find an infographic for the cognitive model up on the Psychope socials. Let me give you an example to bring the cognitive model to life here. Let's say there's a stellar employee. She's doing her job well, minding her own business, when she gets an email from her boss's assistant to set up an urgent, unexpected meeting, which is highly unusual. That's the first part, the situation. She immediately thinks, I must be getting fired. I'm a total failure. That's the second part, the thought. This thought then leads to the feeling of anxiety. The feeling is the third part of this cognitive model. She is then feeling so anxious that she ends up skipping lunch, which would be considered the behavior and part four in this example of the cognitive model. Just interrupting here to tell you about a new resource I created for you. If you're experiencing high levels of work stress, this resource is for you. Please know you're not alone. So many women are tired of work stress seeping into every area of their lives. Perhaps you can relate and want to do something about the negative impact work stress is having on you, but aren't sure how to get started. If this resonates with you, then I'd like to invite you to take a brief moment for yourself and try the Your Path Through Work Stress quiz. In 10 introspective questions, you'll learn more about your unique experience of work stress and which science-backed stress relief tools are most likely to help you reclaim your peace. Just head on over to psychopecom slash your path so you can take the first step down your best path through work stress. The quiz will also be linked in the show notes. Now, people sometimes misinterpret thought work as just thinking good thoughts. From a psychological perspective, it would be way too basic to say, replace your negative thoughts with positive thoughts. First, these are such global terms, and life is far more complex than that. Not to mention, life does have its ups and downs. So, It would be unrealistic and perhaps even considered to be sugarcoating things to say, just think good thoughts. It is, however, reasonable to look at whether the thoughts we're having are even true, accurate, or helpful. And if we're not hitting the mark in terms of thoughts that are indeed true, accurate, and helpful, then we can reframe them to be a bit truer, a bit more accurate, and hopefully in time, a whole lot more helpful, compassionate, and kind. How do we know if a thought is true or not, though? Well, we can examine the evidence related to a specific thought to see if there is support for our thought or if there is actually evidence to the contrary. If this is sounding a little bit like court to you, then it may not come as a surprise that therapists sometimes refer to this part of cognitive behavioral therapy as putting the thought on trial. In therapy sessions, the therapist will assist the client with examining the thoughts for truth in this manner. But outside of sessions or as a self-help approach, an honest examination of our thoughts is a way of exploring if a thought is true or not. With certain thoughts that may be faulty, we can ask trusted others or even experts to whom we may have access about the veracity of our thoughts. 
Now, when it comes to the accuracy of our thoughts, we're in the area of potential irrational thoughts. There are lots of different ways our thoughts can be inaccurate or irrational. For example, we may jump to conclusions or catastrophize the situation when we don't know for sure what will actually happen. These are both examples of cognitive distortions, ways that our thoughts can be inaccurate. Another common cognitive distortion, sometimes called a thinking trap, is all or nothing thinking, such as I always or I never, when extremes like this are usually not the case. We might also notice inaccuracies in our thoughts that can be traced back to false messages from others that we've internalized in some way. Maybe someone in our lives told us we were lazy, so we started believing we were lazy too, when in fact, we're quite productive and busy. In terms of whether a thought is helpful, we've been exploring this aspect of thought work on the last couple episodes of the podcast, that all-too-common tendency to have internal dialogues that are overly harsh and critical. This part of reframing our thoughts for helpfulness is where we can show ourselves compassion. Here is where we can recognize that our suffering is part of the shared human experience and give ourselves the same kindness and concern we would show to a loved one or a good friend. Let's return to the example from earlier of the woman who received the unexpected meeting request with her boss and immediately thought she was getting fired. What do we think? Is this thought true, accurate, and helpful? Well, she won't know for certain if it is true until she has the meeting, but she could think about her work performance and other factors to get at the likelihood of the thought being true. For our purposes, remember, the woman was described as a stellar employee. So the available evidence we have points to her position with the company being secure. In terms of accuracy of her thought, she went to what could likely be considered the worst case scenario for meeting with one's boss, that she was getting fired. This is a type of cognitive distortion known as catastrophizing. Using our example for the final step in examining our thoughts, clearly calling herself a failure is not helpful or kind. What might a more true, accurate, and helpful thought sound like? Let's start with the very basics. She could remind herself that there's no way of knowing what is going to happen until they have the meeting. Then she could incorporate some compassion. She might say, it sucks to be in suspense like this but my last performance evaluation was outstanding and the company is in solid financial shape. I can't think of any reason why I'd be fired. Hear how she's not sugarcoating things, but trying to look at the situation rationally. While the anxiety might not go away completely until her mind is put at ease once she meets with her boss, and spoiler alert, she's not getting fired, Reframing the thoughts in this way could make the suspense more manageable such that she would still eat her lunch, getting in some much-needed nutrition, as opposed to being not only nervous, but also starving at the meeting with her boss. Changing our thoughts can have a powerful impact on how we feel and what actions we take. To put thought reframing into practice as a self-help approach, it really can be as simple as gently challenging the truth, accuracy, and helpfulness of your own thoughts. Some people like to just think it through on their own, whereas others like to journal about it. This is certainly a self-help approach where involving trusted others as a sounding board can be beneficial too. 
So that's going to wrap it up for today's quick episode on the self-help approach of thought work inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The podcast will be on break next week, but you can expect a new episode the week of March 6th. Be sure to follow the show so you don't miss a thing. Till next time. The information shared on the Psychope Self-Help Podcast is done so with the understanding that it does not constitute professional help, nor is it a substitute for professional help. If you think you might benefit from more than self-help, there are resources listed in the show notes.